Uh, I want you to turn with me to what is the scriptures that are at the head of your lesson, which is uh, Romans uh, 1, 16 and 17 and verse 19. If you look at this right here with us, we're going to use this for our springboard and then we'll be coming back to those same scriptures in a few moments. But if you look with us in Romans 1, 16 with us, I want to read a couple of verses here to you here to give us a sort of a, a start here on what we're going to be looking at. And it says, uh, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation uh, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Praise the Lord. Let me finish here. From the faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now look at verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. We'll talk to you a little bit more about this. But I want to talk to you about something. If you look at number one here, I'm going to deviate from this now. And we'll come back to the Romans here in a few moments. But if you look at number one here, it says the fall of Satan before God ever made man. And I want you to go with me to the book of Ezekiel. To the book of Ezekiel. I'm reading here the chapter 28 and verse 12. And I want to read some verses here to you to show you the Satan because show you where Satan is, what he's trying to do, and what he'll try to do to you and I to tempt us to keep us from serving God. So if you look with us here in this uh, 12th verse, 28.12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Now, the king of Tyrus was a city back in those days. And in the 28th, first, second verse, it talks about the son of man say unto the prince of Tyrus. The prince of the Tyrus was the king of, or the head of Tyrus. And he goes on to say here that thou art a man. But then down in verse 12, it talks about the king of Tyrus, which was a spirit, an evil spirit that dominated that city. And through that king, that, 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 at least the head of that particular one. So I'm going to read this, and you'll pick up on this in just a moment. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. He's describing him now. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. He's talking about the devil now. Every precious stone was thy covering the sawdust, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, barrel, the onyx. It names them off here. The jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of the tablet. It goes on right on down here until the last of that verse, 13, says, uh, was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Notice this, day that thou was created. Satan was created. He was not born. You understand that? Look at verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub. That's an angel. You are the anointed cherub that covereth and have set, and I have set thee so. I put you where you were. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Again, created. Till iniquity was found in thee. Iniquity. Now, let me just take a moment here and tell you what iniquity is. 
There's sin and iniquity. You'll find that all through the Bible. Sin is the act of disobedience to the word of God. Sin is the act of it. Uh, Iniquity is the rebellious spirit that can develop in our lives that causes us to sin. Iniquity is a rebellious spirit. And so if we start saying, oh, I don't believe God or I don't want to believe God or God's not going to tell me what to do or nobody's going to tell me what to do, blah, 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 and so forth about the things of God, then that is a spirit of iniquity. And this is what Satan got up there. And he, he hadn't sinned yet, but he developed that iniquity and it got in his heart. Uh, let me just say this. This is why God has given us pastors and churches. I mean, God bless our pastor. He's, uh, he'll be home in the next few days, but... Uh, he's over there in a country in the Indian Ocean over there preaching to a nation that's uh, just getting started in the gospel. And he's over there preaching the gospel to this day. And he does a lot of things for a lot of people. But let me just say this. Always honor your pastor. Respect him because he's appointed of the Lord. And to rebel against the pastor, so you don't tell me, no, nobody tells me what I do. I do what I want to do. That's a, that's a spirit of iniquity that builds up. And what happens, what follows that is usually some kind of sin. I'll do what I want to do. And that's whenever you go out here and you drink your beer and you drink your wine, you drink your liquor and you smoke your cigarettes and you do what you want to do. Next thing you know, you're, you're, you're in sin and living in sin. So this is what uh, Satan was guilty of. The iniquity was found in him. Now I'm going to uh, read on down here. Uh, I, uh, let me look at verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled thee with, thee with violence. They have sinned, therefore I have cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. Verse 16 I'm reading. And I will destroy thee, O covering cherub. Notice again, he was an angel from the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 17. Thine heart was filled, lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by the reason of thy brightness. In other words, God gave him all these good qualities, but he, 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 uh, he violated everything. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may uh, behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquities of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. I will bring thee to the ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. So he's talking about the end of Satan here. And, of course, I could give you some more information on this. But while we're still talking about the devil and where, where he's been and where he's going, so if we look at over in uh, Isaiah fourteen twelve, this is another verse of Scripture here. Isaiah fourteen twelve. Read down through verse 15 here. Look at what it says. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground, which did as weak of the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So this was the, this was Satan when he was an angel. God made him a very special angel and he wanted to be greater than God or as big as God. Verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. 
this is verse 15 here in Isaiah 14, 14, 15. So I'm just giving you a little bit of pictures here of Lucifer, the devil, before uh, he ever sinned and fell away from God and so forth. And the Lord wants us to understand these things about him. Now, I want to finish reading here in this uh, number one up here, uh, the fall of Satan. This number one now. Before God ever made man, he made the angels, giving them a free spirit. They had a free spirit. They could decide whether they want to live for God or not live for God. And he gave them a free will. Notice that. Satan, as an angel, rebelled against God, and other angels followed him. There are scriptures that imply that one-third of the angels followed Satan, and they are what we call fallen angels, or they are what we call uh, demons or imps and so forth. they got names like that for them. But these are the fallen angels that followed Satan also, so they followed him. Uh, they followed him. Look in Ezekiel 28. 12, uh, I think we just read those verses in Isaiah 14. We just, uh, we just got through reading those. Look in Jude, Jude 6, Jude 6. The Jude is the book just before the book of Revelation. That's not in your notes, incidentally. Jude 6 is, is only had one chapter. It's written by the, by the, uh, by the disciple Jude. And it says this, And the angels which kept not their first estate... That was these angels that was in heaven with the Lord at that time. That left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. I'm giving you a picture of this. Another scripture that sort of goes along with that is in Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4. And this again... Uh, these are not verses that's in your Bible, but I'm just reading them here for you. This is 2.4 of Second Peter. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be delivered unto the judgments. And he goes on talking about those kind of things. And so uh, I'm just giving you a picture here of these situations and these circumstances that happened in those things, uh, everything. Now, where does Satan dwell today? Where is he? Uh, go to Ephesians 2.2. 2. Ephesians 2.2. 2. Ephesians 2.2. 2. And it says, Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. This is the devil. The power that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So Satan today is the prince in the power of the air. He's, uh, he's, he's up in the air or something. I don't know exactly how all that works, but he's the prince in the power of the air. The Bible describes it here. And a confirmation to that is the scripture that I want to read to you over here in the book of Daniel. Whenever Gabriel the angel came to Daniel, Daniel had prayed and asked God to forgive Israel as a nation in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel. And uh, in that 10th chapter, the angel Gabriel came to David uh, came came to Daniel, rather, and talked to him and said, We heard you from the very beginning. Now, here's what it says in Daniel 10, 12. This is Gabriel talking to Daniel now. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. This is Daniel talking now about the angel coming to him. Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand 
and to chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. I'm come now to give you answers for it. Look at verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, that's the demon power, withstood me one in 20 days. 21 days that spirit withstood him. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, that's Michael the archangel, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. And he goes on to talk about now he will go and he will fight and contend with it. But what I am pointing out to you here is that whenever Daniel was praying, it seemed like that the heavens were brass. He couldn't get through to God because the devil is the prince and power of the air. Now, here's the message in that. When you're praying for something and it feels like you're getting nowhere, keep praying. Keep praying. Because Satan will try to hinder your prayers. You try to stop your prayers. You just keep praying. Doesn't mean you have to just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You have to do that. But I mean, keep on with your prayer life. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking the Lord. Keep on praying. Praise the Lord. And don't quit praying because the Satan would like to give help to make you cause you to feel like there's no use. God's not answering prayer. God's not going to answer your prayer. He's not interested in you. Why don't you just quit and give up? And so, okay, I'll quit and give up. No, 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 don't do that. But you keep praying because that's what Daniel did. And finally the angel came to him. Now, no angel may come to you, but your answer will be answered. Your, your, your prayers will be answered and God will help you through those trials and tests. Folks, I've lived for God now for some 75 years old. 75 years, I think it is. 75 years, I forgot. Somewhere in there, 70, no, no, 70 years. I've lived for God now some 70 years. I was saved in the month of March, 1952. Am I right? Yeah. And 70 years now I've lived for God. And I've been through all kinds of situations and all kinds of circumstances and all kinds of things. And I'm telling you, God will bring you through. And God will never forsake his people. He'll never forsake the righteous. Praise the Lord. So be faithful unto God and God will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise the Lord. Uh, going on a little bit further here, uh, where Satan dwells, and we've talked about that. B, God has given mankind a free will also. He's given us a free will. Therefore, Satan will try to seduce men to fail God. And because that he gave the angels a free will, will, and a third of them rebelled against God, and they have become the demons of hell now, uh, God also gave man a free will. He gave man a free will. He could make a decision to do what he wanted, whether he wanted to live for God or not live for God. You say, why did he put that, tr- that tree in the Garden of Eden and with the fruit on it and said, don't eat this tree? So they could exercise the free will they had. He said, don't do this. If you eat day that you eat that, you should surely die. He said, don't eat this fruit of this tree. Okay, they had a will. They could exercise that will then. And, of course, Satan knew that his job was to get them to disobey the word of the Lord. And so... Uh, God has given mankind a free will. Therefore, Satan will try to seduce men to fail God. Number one here, notice this very quickly. I'm moving very quickly on down the line here. This is what the book of Job is all about. Is where God allows Satan to tempt Job and try Job. And that's what that book's all about. But it shows you that in the end, Job came out a winner because he stayed faithful to God. And God will always bring you and I through. Any kind of trial, test, whatever it might be that Satan may ever throw our way. Praise the Lord. So the book of Job. 
uh, the book of Job is about that. Satan trying to seduce Job to fail God, but he didn't. Now, look at verse number two here. This is the next one right here. Satan will attack anything ordained of God. I'm going to talk to you about some things ordained of God here in a moment. Look at this very closely. I'm going to go through them real quick, and then I'm going to come back to the first one. Ordained of God, marriage, God's church, ordained of God, God's word. And he said in Genesis 3, 1, and I'll come back to that in a minute, after God said, God's spirit, God's name, or anything else that is of God, Satan will attack that in your mind and in your heart. In your mind and in your heart. For instance, in Genesis 3, 1. Look at that for just a moment. 3, 1. Genesis 3, 1. I'll come back to the part of the one about marriage in a moment. Look at 3, 1. Okay. Yo, yo, Myers, where is 3, 1? Get there. All right. Look at this verse of Scripture. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said? Question mark. Notice that? Hath God said? God said it, and you believe it? You understand what I'm saying? And God was, Satan was attacking the word of God because God said, don't eat of this fruit on the tree. And he says, yea, hath God said? Ye shall not eat of, the, of, the, of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto her, we shall eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden of Eden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said. In other words, she didn't make it to be her will. It made it to be God's will, no, not hers. God has said, we shall not eat of it. Now look at verse 4. Here's what happens following that. This is Satan's next step. And, ser- and, ser- and, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. He lied. And every time he opens his mouth, he lies. And every time he gives you a temptation, he's lying. Everything he does, he's lying. Praise the Lord. Satan lies. That's what he does. That's his business. He lies. And he said, Ye shall not. Has anybody seen Eve lately? Anybody seen Eve? You know why? Because she's dead. She died. And 24 hours passed. And Satan said, you're not dead yet, Eve. Another 24 hours passed. Day. You're not dead yet. He died. God lied to you. No, he didn't. Because God wasn't talking about a 24-hour day. He was talking about a dispensational day. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. Nobody ever lived beyond a thousand years. Methuselah lived to be 969 years. Uh, Adam lived to be 930 years, but nobody lived beyond a thousand. You understand what I'm saying? They died within the day. The day that you did fruit, you sure surely died. Now, I'm just pointing that out. That's, I just threw that in for whatever it's worth there. But I'm just pointing out to you here that, that uh, Satan will try to so whenever the, the, the devil tries to tempt us and so forth, I want to go back to this thing about marriage. Look at, uh, going back to number two here, early on, Satan will 
attack anything uh, that is ordained of God. And I started out with marriage here. Notice that, marriage. I want you to go with me to Hebrews 13.4. That's not in your notes either. Hebrews 13.4. Look at this. Everybody there with me? 13.4 Hebrews. Okay. Marriage is honorable in all. And the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. All right? I'm just going to leave it there. But I'm just telling you here, God honors marriage. Marriage is an honorable thing. I'm going to say to every man here, men, fight for your marriage and keep your marriage intact. Women, fight for your marriage and keep your marriage intact. Praise the Lord. Keep your home together. Because Satan will attack your marriage and your home and your family structure just like he'll attack the church because it's ordained of God. God's ordained the family. Praise the Lord. And so, so that he, he'll attack the home, he attack the family, and so forth. So these are things that, that God says, Satan will attack. Now I'm going to go to number two here. Number two here. How mankind fell away from God. How mankind fell away. I'm going back to Romans here, that very first uh, chapter we were in there, Romans 1. And uh, I want you to look at this very closely with me here. How mankind fell away from it, Romans 1, 20 and 23. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 19. We read that one before, but I'm going to read it right now. Everybody with me? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, that is known of, of them. For God hath showed it unto them. He's talking about the previous generation. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. This is talking about mankind now in the, in the older world, in the old world, whatever world it was. Generations past. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, that's from the beginning of it, are clearly seen. Clearly seen? Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What does that all mean, Brother Meyer, that you look at everything that exists and you say there has to be a God? I've read in uh, Josephus, one of the Jewish historians' books uh, called Flavius Josephus, Josephus uh, one of his, his writings, and he said that Abraham, who uh, was born in Ur of the Chaldeans, of the uh, Chaldeans and in Babylon, ancient Babylon, that whenever he was a young man and he had grown up and got to be a man and everybody was worshiping idols, he said there has to be one God because everything works together in harmony. Everything is harmonious. Nothing works independently. If they, everything was a different God for this, a different God for that, all kind of gods, they'd all be fighting each other. But he said instead everything works harmoniously. Praise the Lord. And that's a little bit what the scripture is telling us here. That's how you and I can know that God is one. There's only one God up there. Praise the Lord. Who is he? Well, thank God we know who he is, don't we? Amen. He's, uh, he was the I am that appeared unto, Hebrew, unto Moses, and then he appeared unto to the Jews later as Jesus Christ. He was Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh. So, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from... From the beginning of the world, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power, God, so that they're without excuse because 
that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Foolish heart was darkened because they became vain in their imaginations. Folks, the, the sophisticated knowledge of man is imaginations. It's not knowledge. Knowledge is, is true stuff. But just dreaming up wild stuff, you know. I can get into the theory of evolution, for instance, that... I know where it all came from. I studied it. They, they had that back in Egypt. Then. They believed that man evolved from a little white worm in the Nile River. They believed that for a long time. And they, you know, and, this, and I won't get into all that, but 1859, they cropped up with it again. I won't get, let's don't let go there. But anyhow, this is all of those imaginations of men that men have brought up. And the Bible says that we can look around and say, God has made everything. I'm still awed. At these things. I mean, I'm still awed at them. I got a patio and I sit on a patio sometime in the morning, drink my coffee. And I look at the squirrels and I look at the birds and I look at the flowers and I look at the plants and I look at the trees and, and all that kind of stuff. I see the ducks out on the lake and everything. And I look and I say, God, you've made everything so very perfect. They know how to take care of their own. I mean, a little old thing with a little tiny head like that. It's got a little tiny brain inside he knows, she knows how to feed her young. She knows how to protect them. A squirrel's trying to get up there to the nest, and she'll get over there and flop on the ground and do like this. And the squirrel will run after her, and she'll get up, and she'll keep flopping on the way. And she'll run and pull that squirrel way away from the nest, and then she'll get up and fly away. He's away from the nest. She fooled him into t- chasing her. Where did she learn how to do all that? God put it there. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, folks, the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God is all through his creation. And all you've got to do is stop and think and look at it. And that's why that mankind's without excuse because it's all around us. It's just there. Praise the Lord. You can't help but see it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the love of God is everywhere and everything. Let me uh, get back on track here. Let me... Uh, Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise. I'm still here in Romans 1.22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corrupt of a man and to birds and four-footed beasts, creeping things. And uh, verse 25, jumping down there, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forevermore. Now, I'm uh, <clears throat> going to give you a... Let me just give you this little chart here real quick. All right. This is a little chart I had put together here a while back. Sister Toops, Sister Toops, raise your hand back here. Raise your hand. God bless that sister. She put all these things together for me, so many of these charts. Praise the Lord. I put this together. Nobody, I had, didn't take this out of a book or nothing. So if you, if you don't like it, well, you can blame me. <laughs> All right. Knowledge of God, but no worship, unthankful. This is the degradation of man. Here's man here. He has the knowledge of God. He knows about God, but he doesn't worship God and he's unthankful. Folks, be thankful for everything God has done, everything God does, everything you have. 
If you breathe air, be thankful. If you drink good water, be thankful. Thank God for your home. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your wife if you're a man and woman for if you're a husband. If, if you're a woman for your husband. Thank God for your children. Thank God for your grandchildren. I've got some greats. I got one. Some of my greats that are here. Are they here this morning? Okay. I got some great grandchildren here this morning. Praise the Lord. Two boys. Uh, I'm just trying to say be thankful for everything. Thank God. And so I'm just pointing out to you here that they were unthankful. And then because the, the Bible I'm reading in those same scriptures says they became vain in their imaginations. They got to call it with themselves. Me, I, mine. Everything is about me, 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 me. I'm somebody. The next thing you know, this cloud, a little cloud forms. Then a darker cloud forms. Evil books, television, movies, whatever it is that influences you for evil and bad things. Hey, folks. Stay away from all of this stuff that's about uh, the walking dead. Oh, my God. Stay away from witchcraft stuff. You know, I mean, they got movies and TV things and all that stuff. And kids will watch all that and get all that goggle eyes and everything. <coughs> and that stuff will cause them to start believing that all that stuff is real and it's all satanic. Amen. And, and it has no power unless you allow it to have power on your life. So, well, I won't get into all of that. But anyhow, they, be, they became vain. And then they are evil books and all the material that can cause us to get off in the wrong way. And our foolish hearts were darkened. Notice the clouds are a little darker. Here's a little more darker. And then professing to be wise, they became fools, the Bible says. He said, oh, I'm so smart now. I've been reading all these books and everything and actually become very foolish. And then finally, the clouds even darker. Worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. The creator is God. The creature is all that. How, how in the world does people worship statues and idols? But they've done it for thousands of years. And they still do it. You ever see a Buddhist, uh, you ever see a Buddhist thing? I, I go in some business stores around town and there's a little Buddha sitting up on there on the counter. Buddha. I said, what's that thing? Oh, it's just something. we just have it there just to let people know that. We're, you know, and they give a little story about it. I know what it is. They worship that thing. They were not that statue, but maybe one in the back room or one at home or somewhere. They worship Buddha. Buddha was a man. These people are, I mean, I can, I've studied all the 10 major religions of the world. I know all about them, what they believe, how they believe. It's weird. Honey, brother, sister, loved one, whoever you are. Praise the Lord today. If you know God and you know God through Jesus Christ and you've been baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost, thank God for that. Just thank God for that. Praise the Lord. Because people are so wrapped up in messes all over the world today. And God has allowed us to know it. So he goes on to say here that this man kept falling. He worshipped idols and everything. Finally became a reprobate. Now, I'm going to delve into something. I've got about 10 minutes here, 15 to about 10 minutes. I'm going to talk to you about something that the Bible mentions here, and it's sensitive. But I want you to look with me here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 24. Romans 1, 24. And this is A here. I'm going to move this right here because we're talking about uh, reprobate, reprobate mind. 
A, note the sin of homosexuality is mentioned here. So I'm going to talk to you about that for a moment. Look, and, and it's plain as the nose on your face. Romans 1, 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I'm jumping over here to the 26th just to save time. For the, for the cause God gave, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, having the nat- leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. This is men with men. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving into themselves that recompense of their error which was me. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. In other words, they believe it's okay, they believe it's all right to do those things which are not convenient. Now, this is found all through the New Testament in places where it talks about the sins of the world. And I I won't get into all of them. Just one I want to talk to you about over here. And uh, it's in your scriptures there. In uh, Leviticus. Leviticus 18, it is, yeah. It says eight eighteen twenty two, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. It says it right here in the Bible. Look at verse 27. For all these abominations have the men of the land done which were before you, and the land is defiled. That the land spew not you out also when ye defile it as it spewed out all the nations that were before you. Verse 29. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even that soul that committed them shall be cut off from among the people. So he goes on to talk about the abominations. Just to add to that in Leviticus uh, 20, verse 13, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. Notice it always describes it not just as a sin, but an abomination, which is a deplorable sin in the eyes of God. And it goes on to say, they have committed abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. That's in the Old Testament, of course, where they were stoned to death and so forth for actions like that. But what I'm just simply trying to point out to you here is that the Lord points out these things to be wrong. He points them out that, that they are the wrong thing to do. And this is brought out in from Leviticus and so forth. And, uh, and I can give you more scripture also in, involving these. Now, I'm going to talk to you here about also a little further here. Uh, other sins are also mentioned here in Romans 128. If you go back to Romans with us for just a moment. Romans 1. 128. I mentioned 28. I'm going to verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, uh, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. Notice that. Whisperers. See, people can sometimes whisper things around to get back at somebody. If you want to hurt somebody, but you don't want to go up and slap them. 
you whisper around and you whisper against them and you whisper around to other people and they go, ooh, and everything. And you get on a whispering campaign going like that. And you can hurt that person and you know they can't. You can do that. That's called whispering. And that's a sin. That's a sin. It's named in that right, it's named right in there with all these other sins. It's named in here with murder. Even, you know, you murder their character and their it says, fornication, wickedness, covetous, malicious, is full of murder, envy, murder, debate, deceit, malicious, whisperers, backbiters, backbiters. Get back even now. Blah, 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 blah. Haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, and in, inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Isn't that interesting? Disobedient to parents is wrong. <laughs> it's a sin. Obey your parents. All you people over 60 years old, obey your parents. <laughs> no, this is for the younger crowd. You know that. I won't go any further. Verse 31, without understanding covetous covenant breakers, without natural affection. That's going back to the homosexuality factor. Without natural affection. Implaceable, unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them. That's the people that do them. You also have pleasure in the people that do them because I guess maybe they substantiate how you yourself maybe feel. So I'm just pointing out to you here that the Lord brings all these things down. Now, let me wind this up here. Uh, number three here. I'm going to go with this. We're going to how we resist Satan, Ephesians six eleven. I'm going to wrap it up now. Ephesians six eleven. Well, 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 well. Where is Ephesians six eleven? This is Ephesians. All right, here we go. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand, this is verse 11 now, 611. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's his tricks. Wiles are his tricks. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. He's talking about put on the armor of God, which is not a real armor, but is a spiritual armor that we put on. Take on the whole armor, armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Sometimes we walk with God. Sometimes all we can do is just stand. The Bible talks about, Paul said, run this race with patience. Run the race. It's like running a race. Sometimes we walk. It talks about walking with God. Sometimes we can't run, we can't even walk, we just have, we're just good to stand still, just stand. Sometimes folks who don't know anything to do, just stand with God, stand still, wait on the Lord. Having done all to stand. Then verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith, believing in God, is like a shield. And here's what it does. uh, Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts, which are arrows, darts of the wicked that he will shoot at you. 
verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is not your sword, it's the sword of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Sword of the spirit. And remember the power of the word. The word is a powerful thing. And when you get where you your back's against the wall, you go to the word of God and you read the word. The Lord can talk to you from his word. He can give you strength from his word. You can read the right things from the word. And the word will help you, praise the Lord. And you'll be able to fight the devil and all the imps of hell with the power of God. Praise the Lord. So the Lord has given us the power of his word. I'm going to read over here in Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And it says, uh, 1911. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Put the word of God in your heart, folks. I hope you're having devotion. And I hope that you're reading the Bible through. I'm reading the Bible through again this year. I read it through every year. I'm reading the Bible through again this year. It's about three to sometimes maybe even four chapters that you read in any given day. But have a time early in the morning, late in the evening, or any time of the day that's convenient for you to have time to read the Bible and to take a time to pray and talk to God. It'll strengthen you and it'll keep you in the right balance. So this is what he said. Thy word have I hit in my heart that might sing his Also reading here in the 119th chapter of Psalms, which is incidentally the longest chapter in the Bible. And it's uh, verse 47. I would delight myself in the commandments which I have loved. I have loved. Notice that he loves the commandments of God. My hands will also lift up unto thy commandments which I have loved. And I will meditate in thy statutes. Don't you love the Lord tonight, today? Oh, let's stand together and just praise him and thank him. God bless you. You've been such a good audience today. God is so good to us. So merciful, so kind, so long-suffering. Let's all pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness and blessings. Thank you, Lord, for our time to look into the word of God. Bless this class this morning and the service that's to follow here, Lord, in a few minutes. Bless all of our singers, musicians, and all those that might be here in the morning service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.